Hi, everybody. Welcome to She Se Puede podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Vareva. And today we have our very special guest, Cassandra Pintor. <laughs> and today we are just going to be talking about Cassandra's experience and her professional background and how being a Latina um, and a woman at that has, um, you know, affected her experiences, um, as specifically in the art world. Um, and Cassandra is a San Francisco native. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> and yeah, so let's get started. All right. So first, uh, I think to get started, Cassandra's just going to like tell us a little bit about her, you know, professional identity, her background and her experience. So um, I'd like to start off by saying that I started uh, volunteering at Presida Eyes, which is in the Mission District on 24th Street at about 14 years old. And I volunteered there every summer. And I still volunteer there, so that's about 12 years being there. And I've done everything from inventory to my first mural when I was 16. And then I did my own solo mural at 17 in Chinatown. So I kind of started off there with community-based work. And then I started working at a nonprofit at 18 years old in a Lakeview District uh, for a low-income center which i did for five years which i really enjoyed it was a little tough but i definitely enjoyed it and then i actually went to usf as well and i graduated in 2016 and um yeah so i got back into the art stuff once i finished college and now i've been doing uh, events left and right for like san francisco natives san francisco like themed art shows and now I have an art show coming up in January for actually it's a really good topic that kind of resonates with the podcast, but it's for um, immigration in the camps. And it's actually a donation um, art show. So this is my first one. I got invited to um, do this art show at one of my art shows actually on 24th Street, which was an art show just all dedicated called First Go Ain't Dead. So this kind of gives you an idea of what my professional identity is which is it's not my only identity but it's like my passion so with that I have all this art stuff going on and I'm trying to like tell this story keep this vision and keep this vibe alive while also trying to get into tech and while I'm trying to get into tech it kind of gives me this platform because I hope to one day open up my own cafe in the city and kind of use that platform to help other like SF natives or any kind of uh, local artists to display their art. Because the issue is with the city and the Bay Area, it's really hard to be an artist because everywhere you go, um, the commission rate's like 40 to 50%. So as, um, as an artist, it's been really hard for me and a lot of other artists because we have to work like crazy. But the, the, the platforms aren't up there as much as we would hope. So I hope to create that platform for other people and other Latinas just like me. And also with that cafe, I would hope to open up like a resource center. So yeah, uh -huh. so like in the back room, I would love to have like a gallery resource center. So little Latinas or whomever, like any kids can come do their homework, get resources, go to college. Because I know how hard it is because a lot of kids don't know how 
they have the opportunity to go to college because some, like I've learned when I was working at that nonprofit, that a lot of kids aren't even aware that they can go. And a lot of them aren't even aware that they can get financial aid for it. So that's kind of like my background. They all kind of coincide with one another and they kind of, you know, they all flow with one another to get, use my art, use my tech. Um, I really like tech because I actually went to school for research. So I love data. I love statistics. I love all of that. Um, so I would, I'm in the process of that right now so that I can use my tech platform to open up the cafe and to continue art because it's really hard to just stick with art. It's, a lot of people see it more as a hobby, but it's really not because it's really hard to make it in art world. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems like you have a lot of ideas and dreams for the future. <laughs> so, but that seems super exciting. Um, and I mean, I think that kind of just moves on to like another question I had. Oh, sorry, I, over I overwent. No, 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 it's all right. Which is like, do you consider yourself to be a role model model for other Latina women, specifically young Latina women? Um, <clears throat> I definitely would in a very modest way because I'm super modest and I'm super shy. And <laughs> that comes with me taking so long to take the leap of faith to get into this world because it's very um, it's a world where you got a social network a lot and mm. it's hard as a woman as well because um, in a lot of these events, I'm the only girl or there's another girl. But most of the times that I've done these events, I'm usually the only girl. And that's intimidating. And it's very yeah, intimidating sure. as a Latina as well. And the sad part is that a lot of the art going on right now, it's like um, it's not colored based. Like it's not Latinas. It's not African-American. It's not what we would usually see because it's like this art they're representing us but it's not us so it's really mm -hmm. hard to be latina and trying to tell this story and be respected for it and still kind of make your little change about it so that it doesn't feel like you know you're working so hard and you're not really getting anywhere so I would say yes, because um, I threw my own art show in June and it was really tough. It was my first show. It was a solo show and I saved up all year for it. And it was crazy because I had no experience and I just went for it. And I'm glad I did. And I think role models aren't like the, like the crazy success stories. I feel like those are the people you can relate to most. And if someone you can relate to can do it, I feel like you can do it. And I feel like that's where I feel like I'm a role model because it's like, if I can do it, I want everyone else to feel like they can do it. Mm -hmm. And as well, like I went to school and in my family, I'm the only one that's graduated from college on my dad's side. So it's like, I take that pride as well with me. Like I kind of lead the way and I carry the torch. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I also like my little cousins, I want them to feel like, and my little sister as well. Like I want them all to feel like if I can do it, you can do it. And that's the whole point as well in the cafe. Like, my story is to be told so that other girls can feel like they have the opportunity even when they don't feel like it's possible. And I also want them to feel like even though you don't have all the resources or experience, it doesn't mean you can't wing it and make it happen. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that. Um, I, I definitely feel like if you can see a woman, specifically Latina, you know, succeed when you're younger, then yeah, in order to become something, you need to see it first. And so I feel like being able to be a Latina and show other young women that it's possible you can achieve all of this, then it kind of gives their dreams a little bit more of a reality. I definitely agree. Yeah. If so, 
has being a Latina kind of like ever affected your professional life or has ever affected you like advancing professionally? I wouldn't say like it took away from me, but I would say that it made me second guess myself. And I actually, I really regret that for so many years because I felt like I felt like a sense of like low confidence, which I shouldn't have because now I see it now at 26 years old. I feel like I visualize it as such an advantage because I'm all about sticking out. So if you stick out, you cause more attention, you cause more attention. People are going to look at you more. And you're going to, you know, you want to stick out because when you apply for jobs and you, you do these events and you do all these things, you don't want to blend in with everybody else, especially with art, because I mean, everyone kind of does what's trending. Right. And with me, it's like, I wouldn't, I love hearing at art shows when people come up to me, like, yo, that's dope. You're the only girl. And at that, you have your own style. Like Mm -hmm. you made your own style. You made your own name. You made your own thing. Like like what you paint it there's no there's no label for it it's its own self you kind of bring all kinds of you know angles into it so i now at 26 now that i've matured and i've gone past like the self-sabotaging mindset and like the confidence issue i feel like now it definitely is an advantage to be in latina it hasn't like changed anything it was tough going to college being only in latina in a lot of classes yeah why, why so because I felt like I couldn't really relate to people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the kids at my in my classes, well, kids, we were in college. But a lot of the people in my classes, and, you know, they I was working two jobs. So mm-hmm. I couldn't really relate to other people. And they couldn't really understand my struggle. So mm-hmm. it was like I couldn't, I felt like it was more I didn't belong, which I should have never felt like that in the first place. And once I graduated from USF, I felt so proud, like, I I did this and I did this while I worked and I graduated with 24 units. So it was really tough in just one semester. But as I got older, I've realized that being Latina is actually an advancement. And if only we realized that more, there'd be more representation of us because we wouldn't feel how I used to feel because I know a lot of other women feel that way as well. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of women also, like I feel like in our culture, um, a lot of old school, like first gen, second gen culture, we tend to feel more silence compared to the man. And I feel like when Latina women become more bold and more vocal, they can represent the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like we're given the opportunity and we're given a voice. And I feel like we should use it and speak for the generations before us, because in our culture, I feel like women, you know, it's not it's not an equal I don't know if you would agree with me, but it's like oh, our old school. I, I definitely agree. You know what I mean? Like the whole like yeah men's vision and men's dreams are mm-hmm. like the spotlight and we're kinda in the background in the back of the backstage and behind the scenes making Taking stuff care of the happen. kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I feel like I didn't want that and I wanted to go to school and I wanted to make stuff happen. So I feel like if women realize that that's actually empowerment. And to step out and to be vocal and to just tell your story through whatever creative outlet you got, like you can use that to your advantage, especially in the city, because Mm -hmm. the gentrification, we're totally getting wiped out. And I feel like the more we get wiped out, the more you have even more of a chance to stand out. And if you can carry the torch, you're going to lead the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. And I feel like especially the younger generation of Latinas, like you definitely see that change. Um, But I feel like, also being in the bay area it's also different like you know it's you know very liberal like you know very woman empowerment here i'd say and that's why it's so good stories like yours to be able to 
you know, share that to younger Latina women and show that like you are you are your own person and you can accomplish anything, you know, especially by yourself. <laughs> Definitely. And I think um, we live in this like bubble. I think I'm grateful because I, I can't ever think of myself not living here. And I don't know if you can agree, but it's like you hear stuff on the news and you kind of see what the rest of the world looks like in the country. And it's kind of like, we were so lucky to grow up here and Mm -hmm. we were so lucky because just, I feel like living in the Bay and being from the Bay, you're given an extra pedestal and an extra platform to speak because Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel like people from the Bay are very bold and we're very vocal and we're very artistic and we stand out from the rest of the country in our own way. Yeah. And we do what we stand out from, from New York and L.A. and everywhere else is like we do things from the heart. Not that they don't, but we do. And we're given it's not as big as other places or how popular they are. So I feel like as um, as I've grown up here and I'm a you know, we're an older generation from the new generation coming in. I feel like we have to keep that fire like lit and mm-hmm. we got to tell that story and we got to like shape and be the role model for the next generation to teach them that this generation can still be carried on because the new generation of San Francisco is completely different, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and the Bay Area, completely different from what we grew up with. And I'm grateful for that, for having that, because I feel like you and I and people like you and I should keep that story going. But I definitely agree, like, from, I'm sure you can agree, like, from our grandma's generation and mm-hmm. the generation before them, it's kind of, it's sad. They had their own hopes and dreams, and they weren't able to fulfill those because they made us happen. They made our family happen. So it's mm-hmm. like, you could choose one path or the other, and I feel like more women should be bold enough, or they should feel bold enough, and I would want them to because I know what it feels like to not feel like that. So I can definitely be somebody to relate to that they should take that leap of faith and really just be empowered and feel empowered and i know it's hard and it's easier that to say than to be done but it'll literally make you somebody and you'll feel great within yourself to know that you you know you look back later on once you get older and you see that you took the leap of faith and as a latina you you kind of influence other people to do the same and i think inspiring people is like the highest act you can do it's great it's beautiful like yeah you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you can inspire somebody to be their own success story. Why not? I think that's better than being rich. I, yeah, I definitely think with all the changes happening around here, like our generation definitely needs to try to fight for it. And especially to help the younger generation, you know, keep on pushing to keep, you know, the culture alive, especially throughout the Bay area. And like, I guess this kind of goes into like, you know, saying being a role model or being able to help young Latina women. Um, And have you ever had the opportunity to mentor like a younger Latina before? Um, Yes. Excuse me. I did at um, the, the center that I worked at. And I also was always that friend, even the people that were older than me. um, I always liked to emotionally mentor them because I feel like I went through a lot as a child and we all do, you know, we all got our stories, but I always felt like I built this wall that I always knew no matter what I was going through, I always had to push forward. And I want to teach other people that like, no matter how dark the day gets, it's always going to be sunnier at the end of the day, you know, like Mm -hmm. eventually, I don't know if that made sense, but you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's my drift. So I feel like I want to continue mentoring, but that also comes with having a, um, 
more leverage, more platforms. So that's mm -hmm. where I want my cafe to come in. And that's where, like, I want to start making statements in the, like, I make merchandise. So it's like, I want to start making uh, statements in my merchandise so that I kind of I carry the message. A lot of my paintings um, reflect the, you know, like, what I've gone through or what I've admired. And, and I try to mentor through that as well, like, and I definitely want to continue with my cafe. I want to continue mentoring Latina women so that they can understand that they have all these resources. And if they want to get into art, there there is chance. And even if they don't feel like, even if they feel like their family isn't behind them supporting them or whomever, or they, they think their dream sounds crazy, like there's a center within my own cafe in the back room. You know, I want to have this back room with this resource center so that girls can go back there and learn how to go to school and learn how to like apply themselves and learn how to teach themselves these crafts because the crafts is what keeps you going it, it keeps you different because mm -hmm. this world is so corporate and i feel like we're so innovative as a city and as the bay area so it's like i want to be able to mentor and tell my story but my whole thing is like I'm not like some crazy, crazy success story on like the news or something, you know what I mean? But I'm relatable mm -hmm. and that's what matters. Yeah. Like, I feel like growing up, I w when I was um, in, like being influenced by mentors, the ones that spoke to me and the ones that I gravitated towards were the ones that were relatable because I could respect them because they knew my struggle and I knew theirs. Like we understood each other without having to explain each other. And I feel like that's very important to Latina women and just women and people in general. You always want to be relating to your mentor because it's like, how is a mentor going to tell you how to heal yourself and apply yourself if they've always had it kind of made, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like a lot of children growing up aren't going to listen to those kind of people. And then people wonder why they don't. And it's because they know you don't understand them. Yeah. They know you don't know how hard it is to go home and, you know, to apply yourself or whatever the, you know, whatever the matter is. So it's like, I want to be able to do that. And I want to be able to do that in a very healing kind of way. Like, you can come from a rough background and you can come from wherever and you're not going to be judged, but you know, like the theme is to heal to, so you can apply yourself to be your highest good. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds kind of spiritual, but <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, and it's sad because it, the city and the bear is so expensive. So I feel like also now this generation, like we don't have the funding mm -hmm. to do as much mentoring as when we did when I was growing up and you were growing up. So it's kind of sad. Like it kind of gets forgotten and it kind of gets lost, but I definitely think it's very important because mentoring kind of saved me and art saved me because mm -hmm. I had my mentors that I still go visit and drop off flowers to because I'm so grateful 10 years later yeah. that I had them because actually one of my mentors when I was in high school, the one that works at Proceed Eyes, her name's Cindy, she actually encouraged me to throw this art show. Mm -hmm. So I just one day came up with it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to have my own venue. I'm going to put, I'm going to whip all this together because she made me feel like I could believe in myself enough mm -hmm. to make it happen. And that's where I started waking up and I started having more confidence because your mentors kind of make you believe in yourself when you can't believe in yourself, you know, for yourself. And I feel like mentors, they're more aware compared to family. Sometimes when family doesn't really, they don't really notice certain things or they don't pay attention to things that you might need mm -hmm. your mentors. That's their job. They know what you need and how to fill like your emotional tank because to be I feel like to be productive and to be great and to be just be successful you got to be emotionally just stable and set and happy and healed like you can't carry all that because then you can't be as vibrant as you want to be mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense to you like you gotta you know you gotta make peace with things that bother you so you can apply yourself and be the most productive person you can be for yourself yeah. and for others
Yeah. I think, I think we need in order to kind of advance ourselves and like get better, you need to feel uncomfortable. No, it's true. <laughs> like I honestly, when I did my art show, I literally had an anxiety attack for an hour of yeah. like getting ready. Like I have to put this show together. I am so uncomfortable. It's my solo show. So everyone's just looking at my artwork. I don't know how they're going to feel about it. I don't know if they're going to feel it. I don't know if they're going to get my vision. I, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have all the food I need, the cups. What I'm throwing a whole event by myself, you know, and and it made me feel so uncomfortable. But the best thing about feeling uncomfortable is once you get over that, you love mm-hmm. to tell the story later that you got it done. You know, like, I don't know. I kind of felt like. I felt like a savage. Like, I got it done. I felt great. And I could tell the story now. Like, yeah, I did throw my own art show. And I was only 25. And I paid. I made everything free. I paid out of my own little pocket, you know. And I mm-hmm. saved up my acorns for the winter. And I made it happen. So it's like, when you get over the uncomfortable phase, it feels so good later to be able to say, like, you did this and you did that. And I'm sure you're feeling the same way once you finish grad school. Mm-hmm. Like, I know grad school makes people feel very uncomfortable. So does college because it's so hard to juggle. Mm-hmm. So it's like it makes you uncomfortable once you get over the uncomfortable stage and you get it done. You love to say you did get it done. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever is like the struggle, whenever you're going to get over that hump, like it's going to be worth it. <laughs> like this too shall pass. <laughs> and so, OK, so you say how, you know, you, your mentors growing up helped you a lot. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that was like one of the main um like kind of support system that helped you in achieving your own success or was like also you like your family like what expectations did they have for you so it was really hard I'm gonna be honest um growing up because I always loved art and my family always wanted me to play sports my dad was my coach and he was really hard on me and I practiced like seven days a week I was a pitcher I would go all the way from San Francisco to Los Gatos on a weekday to go do a 30 minute pitching, you know, practice. And my dad was super strict and my whole family knew, but my passion wasn't in playing ball. It was to paint. And it was hard because I know you can relate like arts in in the world, but even more, maybe not even more in Latino families, but they're very old school and a lot of them aren't very open-minded. So they don't see art as a profession. And it's sad mm-hmm. because, um, that's how my dad would see it and I mean he he was keeping it real you know like and he just didn't want me to um stay at that he wanted me to play sports so that I could get a free scholarship go to college because college is expensive Mm -hmm. and I do agree like I totally agree to what he was going for um but that wasn't my passion so I felt like I was robbed of a lot of time that I could use towards art and god knows you know not to dwell on the past but it's like god knows how far i would have gotten had i just focused on art so i feel like it was really hard for me um because i really wanted to do that so i felt like i didn't have a lot of support from the family because i mean they love that i painted but they saw it as like my hobby and it was like in high school i wanted it to be all that i did i wanted to go to all i wanted to go to summer school at academy of art i wanted to do all these crazy things and but I was always playing ball. So it was kind of like I had to pick and choose, but I didn't even get the chance to choose. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of, you know, hurt because I wanted to choose what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about because I feel like I can get the job done, but when I'm passionate about it, I will execute. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't executing. I was a really good ball player, like in a very humble way. Like I did stand out and I was getting scouted or I was being looked at. 
but I didn't want to do that. So mm-hmm. it was like, I did not want to do this. This wasn't meant for me. I knew this was in my path. So that's where my mentor came in because she made me feel heard because I, w- mm-hmm. I didn't feel heard at home because I didn't, I mean, let's be real. I, I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. I was doing what was best for me in my parents' eyes, which is very old school Latino, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she made me feel like, no, you should go follow your dreams. You only get one life, so live what you want to do. You know, like do what you want to do because at the end of the day, that's all you got. So mm-hmm. she made me feel, she always gave me the backbone. She always kept it real with me. Um, she, even when I was feeling kind of down one day and I'd come into the center, I'd kind of mope around. She'd be like, get it together. She's very old school. So she's like, get it together and get the job done. Do what you need to do for yourself. Always put yourself first because everyone in this world puts themselves first. No one puts you first, you know, so Mm -hmm. on what they want to do. And she was right. And till this day, that's why I still pop in on her. I'm 26 years old. And every time I have a day off, I go still volunteer, even though I don't need to. And I'm older because I volunteered for school. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I've graduated from school, but I still go because it's so comforting. And I love to just go volunteer and do what I did as a kid because it's very um, it's healing. And it's also like very reassuring to me. And and I take pride in it, too. Like I was one of those kids that volunteered at Presida and Presida gave me my voice and made and she made me feel like I could have my backbone, even though my dad was very old school Mexican. And he was I mean, he still is very old school Mexican dad. And I'm sure a lot of girls can relate to how that feels, you know. So mm-hmm. she made me feel like, nope, you take you do what you want and do it well. And I did. And that's where she came in. And had she not had that talk with me, I wouldn't have never done the art show. I mean, I would have thought it would be just a crazy dream. And maybe one day I'd get to it. But, you know, the more you wait, the less it happens. So I just literally one day walked in in there and we had a talk. And the next day I was like, nope, I'm going to do it. I got my venue and I just got my ball rolling. And I literally made that art show happen. And I started in, I think, February of last year. And I threw it in June. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah, quick. <laughs> yeah. And I got so many paintings on, as, on top of everything else that I had to get done for the art show. So that is where my mentor came in. And I feel like she continues to come in. And she she also mm-hmm. tells me, like, I get also kind of, like, shaken still, even though I'm, I'm becoming more confident. And I think also my confidence issues has to come from as a child. It stemmed from me not really having my voice because a lot of Latino households, very old school ones, you do what your parent tells you and that's that they don't really give you like the chance to say, well, what do you want to do? Okay, let's make that happen because that's what you want to do. So I didn't really get that growing up and, mm-hmm. and it's okay because it took me a little longer to learn my voice and a little longer to find my confidence, but I'm glad that I have now. And she is the reason why I can feel more comfortable in my own skin, but sh- I get still a little shaken when I apply for tech jobs because I kind of don't have, I mean, I have experience in throwing events and coordinating them, but it's kind of a scary world and it's very competitive right now. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I would love to, I, that's my dream to get in there, but sometimes I still get kind of nervous. I mean, I'm kind of nervous today, you know, and I'm I'm comfortable talking about what I do. So it's like for Latina women, it's, it's hard as well to put yourself in these uncomfortable situations where you apply for these jobs and you, they're super official and they're super competitive but that's where she has always came in for me. And she keeps reminding me, like, go for that job. Go take that trip. Go throw that other art show. And I'm actually working on my second art show. And I I never really stopped since the first one. And I'm still feeling a little shaken again <laughs> and a little uncomfortable because I want to go 10 times harder than I did on the first one. Yeah. Because I feel like I did great for my first one. And it was my first one. But I want to go 10 times harder and bigger for my second one. 
So I feel like that's where she's been coming in. And I feel like a lot of women can relate like in different ways, not in art, maybe work, maybe relationships, school. But I feel like mentors look like look at how much importance they have on somebody's life. Like Mm -hmm. mine literally made me feel like I could throw my own art show solo. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I want to be able to do that as I get older for girls and it's like that's where my cafe comes in because it's like it's a community center at the top but it's a cafe so it kind of like the problem with art is in the city it's so expensive to rent in the city and it's so expensive to have these community centers in the city so if you can make kind of like some kind of money out of it and it still be a business but then you can use it also as community resource that's like the way to go so that's where i'm trying to come in with that so that i can provide the mentoring and i would love to do this too where like i would invite you to come talk mm-hmm. or a lot of my friends that work at sacred heart or at these schools or what like all these places yeah i would have them come talk to these girls mm-hmm. yeah because it's trying like, to empower them exactly and if you feel like you don't have many people in your family to look up to maybe they work two jobs there's still somebody to look up to but they don't maybe you know what i mean like maybe it's more old school background i feel mm-hmm. that and i totally understand it but if you do come to these, you know, talks, you feel like, okay, this makes me want to be this person one day. Because that's how mm. I felt with yeah. Cindy. Like, I want to be Cindy one day. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the neighborhood comes to see her. You know, she's left her impact. I want to leave an impact because if I leave this world and I don't have an impact, what have I really done? So if once you start getting into tech, you regardless, you're still always going to continue your art. Yes. So I'm actually applying right now and I've been applying. Um, so hopefully, fingers crossed. But... Even when I start, um, I'm still working on this art show and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, excuse me, to have this done, this show. I really wanted it like Indian summer time. So like Mm. September, October. Mm -hmm. So even if when I start working, because I will, um, (laughs) I do want, I am going to continue and I'm going to use this tech job and, you know, getting paid more to invest more money in my art show yeah have more money for supplies because it's tough and i remember when i did my first one i was scraping for pennies i literally spent my last dollar that day to ha- make this happen so mm-hmm. with this second one my tech job is going to help me and it's also going to give me a lot of experience in like structure even more structure even more grounding better networks you know like mm-hmm. And I go to these tech events. I've gone to the Latinas and tech for Splunk. And I loved it because, again, you hear these speakers. And I heard one of the speakers. She was Colombian and I'm Colombian. So it makes me feel like, okay, it's cool because you don't also, too, you don't really meet a lot of Colombians on this side. So it's like even better. Like, I feel like everything comes with a sense of community. And when you have the sense of community, you feel like you can take the leap. And that's where I've been going to these events and I've been networking. It gives me better comfort because at first if i were just to apply and send my application through the internet i wouldn't feel as comfortable so with this tech um, journey i'm just hoping that you know i can get into somewhere whether it's recruiting whether it's coordinating whether it's events my mom does events and she gets she's traveled the whole world since i was a kid so it's like i would love to do that now that i've gotten older i would love to do events because i've seen my mom do events and i actually really love throwing events it's very fun like you get to see like you throw this event, you throw this party, you throw this, you know, this community event and you see the impact, whether it's in tech, whether it's community based, whether it's art based, whatever it may be, it makes an impact. And that's what I love to do. And that's where I've realized that, OK, I've, I've met a lot of friends that are in tech and I love I love what they do. It's flexible. I mean, you get paid well. They're fun. They're innovative. You know what I mean? Like you like everyone that I know that works in tech loves to go to work. 
So, I mean, okay, we've been talking about, you know, empowering women, how you've been able to achieve your goals through your mentors and stuff. So kind of taking a more sad note, (laughs) but um, do you feel like you have ever, you know, experienced discrimination because of your identity? Like, obviously, like you said earlier, like we're kind of in this little bubble in the Bay, especially California, actually. So I feel like, you know, compared to other parts of the country, it might not, you know, be so fortunate Mm -hmm. yeah but just in your experience have you ever yeah i have actually my first (laughs) my first experience of discrimination sounds not funny but i make sense of humor of many things that aren't always funny but okay excuse me when i was four i went to a preschool and actually in the sunset because my great grandma lived there and she still does and now i live with her there she's been there since the 70s but i went to this uh preschool and um, the children treated me differently because I was the only Latin girl in the whole class, you know, and it was predominantly Asian. So, yeah, I did notice it at four years old that kids didn't want to sit with me or kids didn't play with me or kids bullied me or whatever. And I felt singled out because I was the only one, you know. So that was my first incident. Then I went to St. Peter's and I loved it because I felt like I was with my people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was in a great time period which it was in the 90s when the city was still the city, you know, and I loved it. It was, and I always tell my mom, it was my favorite childhood memories. Then we jump into when I played uh, Mission League soccer. I played for Jamestown. And that's when I had hit another incident of being discriminated against because um, the best players from the teams would always get scouted and, or you should say, I would say scholarships to go play in nicer neighborhoods in the city. So I would go to the marina Mm. and i'd play these soccer camps no really they were terrible really bad yeah wow. like they would make racist comments or like let's say i'd score a goal they'd be like arriba like oh my god yeah, like just very wow. Um, wow. ignorant mm-hmm. and you're nine ten years old you know and and they happened in softball too when i played at treasure island when we'd play the girls in marin and mm-hmm. my dad saw it because he was my coach and it angered me too because my dad's um i mean i'm my dad's I've as a child I've seen my dad get discriminated against a lot more than me and it bothers me because that's my dad and mm-hmm. it's like he's not what you think he is and you're ignorant to think that my dad is beneath you so he was my coach so I experienced it even more as I played and when I would go to this, the marina and I would go play in Marin it was just like you're a kid and you understand what it is and how it feels but it's also like you're kind of confused like why is there this separation like who created it and as I got older in high school, not so much. I did play this uh, softball team in San Jose where it was predominantly Caucasian girls. I mean, that's another great point to make. Uh, I played a lot of travel ball. And my dad made this point to me when I was growing up that I'm going to be used to seeing predominantly Caucasian team base, I would say. Because, and he made a point, and it is true, and I hate to say it, but Latina girls don't get the opportunity to play travel ball. They Mm -hmm. don't get the opportunity to travel and play sports because a lot of their families can't afford it or they can't take them. And when my parents split, that was the case. Like my parents couldn't take me anymore. And I did not, I felt uncomfortable being like the coach's pickup. Like Mm -hmm. I would always stay with the coach's family. And it's true. And a lot of teams that I saw, like a lot of Latina girls were like that because the parents have to work. Mm-hmm. so it was yeah, it's kind like a of, full-time job doing travel yeah, traveling with sports definitely and it's expensive mm-hmm. all the equipment you got to pay you got to travel you got your hotel you got to take the whole family so i experienced it again 
I shook it. And then as I got older, I experienced it again in college. Mm. And, um, you know, it was just everywhere you go. It's just you stand out, like I said earlier. So once you learn to change the perspective on that and make it positive, I feel like it can't defeat you. And that's mm-hmm. what I had to learn as I got older, because when I was younger, I shook it, but it still kind of made me feel not as confident as I should have. I should have owned it more growing up. And now um, in the art world, I'm lucky to say that I haven't felt discriminated against as a Latina or as a woman. Actually, I've gotten really lucky and um, I've been, you know, like I've gotten really lucky and I've been complimented a lot for being a woman in art and you know, people coming up to me like, well, you made this. And it's like, yeah, I, I did. And it's like, wow, you're like, that's what's up. Like, you're the only girl here, you know, and your art's, you know, your art's dope. And that's cool. Like, that's dope that you're a girl and you're a woman, you're Latina and you're doing this. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So it's encouraging to know that I was so kind of nervous to go into this world, especially because I was shy growing up. So to network, it, it takes a lot out of you. So you go to these events, you network and all that, and you, you get kind of, I get social anxiety. So lucky to say that now I haven't been discriminated against, and it's kind of funny I did as a kid and as a teenager, but now that I've gotten older, it's more embraced. And mm-hmm. I feel like that also keeps me going. Like, okay, like it makes, any woman that hears that she's great or her stuff is great, what she creates is beautiful, you're going to feel great. Mm-hmm. So that's what's kept me going, and I'm grateful because... I would hate to one day go into a show and someone be like, your art's great, but it could be better if you were so-and-so or you were this ethnicity or mm-hmm. you would you would hit more opportunities if you were this and you weren't that. You know what I mean? So I'm grateful that I haven't experienced that and I hope I don't. But if I do, I already know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, it's not going to stop me because I've gone through it since a kid going till now. So I'm sure a lot of women, like Cindy has told me, like there has been a lot of discrimination against them. I feel like also as women were discriminated against in uh, opportunity in general, Mm -hmm. um, people, it's sad to say, but I've seen this for myself. Like, I don't understand why, but people always listen to what a man has to say before what a woman has to say. And I don't understand why that is, but I'm glad that we live in the Bay Area where women do have way more voice in other parts of the country. Mm -hmm. And that's why I push even more that we all use our voice and we all carry the torch. Because I think just like hearing stories like yours and other, you know, Latinas who have had success, um, it's important because I think people forget that Latinas are still the lowest paid group in the wage graph. The lowest. Like, and so it's clear that there we still have a lot of work to do and to make sure that that inequality is gone because that shouldn't be the case. Yeah, I remember when I was at USF, and I don't know what the the statistic is now, but when I was here, um, I worked with a lot of statistics. I was in statistics class. I was in K-Hole. I was in research design. So I was constantly on EBSCOhost, which I'm sure I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah, constantly researching. And all I I gravitated always towards Latino uh, research, excuse me. And when I graduated, my whole project was on Latinos and ADHD and juvenile hall and what was the correlation between that. But I also realized like every research paper I did, I always try to base it on Latinos. And I realized there's barely any research ever. And it was really hard to make my papers happen. So where I'm going with this is that I like started doing more statistic research. And I realized I don't know if the number is still the same right now because I obviously haven't been in college for a couple years, but 
I remember reading something that stuck with me, and it was like only three percent of the Latina population in the country gets their master's degree. I, th from what I've done in my recent research, I think that that number has not changed, or if it has, by a very small percentage. Yeah, and I was like blown away. So I was, yeah. I was kind of like, you know what? I want to get my master's. Even it was always in my plans to get my master's, but I also hit my own you know, mm -hmm. left turn, right, whatever you want to say. I got a little thrown off my own path, but I, I'm still planning on going. It's, it's, it's going to happen to my, to my family's expectations, to mine, mm -hmm. but even more because only 3% really. I know. And it's, and it's sad because I remember growing up, my dad always, my dad was very raw with me and he was very real with me because I had, my parents had me really young. So, and I'm grateful for that. They didn't sugarcoat anything and they're first gen kids so it was like a lot of the things that they did they didn't have guidance because their parents were coming from colombia and mexico so they were just focused on putting the roof over your head and they felt mm -hmm. like that was enough you know and that's okay and i totally understand that you know there's generational curses and curses a uh, trauma like everything like you choose to be the last link to carry this generational like you know history I don't, yeah but mm -hmm. like coping mechanisms the way you handle stuff like it comes to you to be the first one to start the new gen to start the new way of you want your, you know how you want your family so with me and my dad it was like he was very real like latina women have the highest rate of teenage pregnancies and he told me that in middle school and i'm just kind of mm -hmm. like uh okay why are you telling me this and he's like <laughs> i'm being very real with you do you want to be that mm -hmm. and he's like i'm not throwing no shade your mom had you young your tia's had your cousins young it's not no shade. It's just is the facts. And it's like, do you want to repeat? You've seen us struggle. Do you not want to go to like, because if you do, it's very hard for you to go to college. You want to go to college because you want to have a nice house. You don't want to have to live with us forever. So it was kind of like, I appreciated that because it's true. And it's sad because it's like the resource center again. Latina women don't really have the, they don't know they have these resources. So a lot of us just do what we know. And I've, I've been, I can say I made that mistake in a lot of ways where I felt like, oh, I'm going to just do what I know. I'm going to do what makes me feel comfortable. And I'm going to just do what we all know, like in my family, you know, but as you get older and you, you educate yourself and you realize like, hold on, why don't we all get this same opportunity? Mm -hmm. Why do you get the opportunity? Why do you get the nicer neighborhood or why do you get the nice restaurants or why do you get the nicer school? And I learned that when I worked at the nonprofit, because I've worked in really nice schools or, you know, I visited really nice schools. And then I worked at this nonprofit where it was really hard just to get crayons. Damn. <laughs> and the food that was served at different schools compared to our nonprofit, I was just kind of like, why are we feeding them this? You get what I'm saying? Like, and at that too, like I was lucky enough to go to Mercy. So the food was good, but I know friends that were going to other public schools and the food was kind of like, you get what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm you're kind of catered based on your zip code mm -hmm, and definitely. i don't agree with that so growing up my dad kind of taught me like i'm gonna be really real with you and it comes off harsh and it make him um, it may come off like this but i'm not pushing throwing no shade and pushing nobody down but this is what it is you make your decision on who you want to be and what path you want to take and if you do take this path being stubborn and thinking you know it know it all and whatever your case may be you will suffer mm -hmm. it's hard to get your two feet going you know when you have kids young or whatever or you choose to take time off and not graduate college because then you got to work twice as hard and you always taught me that work smarter never harder yeah 
So it's it's and it's hard for Latina women because our statistics don't look so pretty. Mm-hmm. And I know you can agree whether it's the way we get paid, it's if our graduation rate in high school and college and master's degrees, it's where we work, you know. And as I'm going to all these Latina, I mean these tech events, and I went to Latina, Latinas in tech. Excuse me, I realized like this is all predominantly Caucasian. Really. Not the Latinas in tech, but like my other tech events. So when I went to oh, Latinas in yeah, tech yeah. event, I was like, okay, but there was still not as many as I expected because there's not a lot of Latinas in tech. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm grateful that they're making all these um, events happen so that they encourage more to come so it could be more diverse. But So obviously, you know, we need to, I think one of the biggest is like strength in numbers. Like we need to, you know, empower one another, help young Latinas, mentor them, kind of you know set an example of what is possible um and so I guess this kind of comes to like my final question is do you feel that you are like creating any type of change for Latinas in the uh, United States specifically you know in the workforce I think I'm getting started um but it's not over (laughs) I think uh I'm very modest so I'm kind I tend to downplay myself a lot so I feel like I barely started my race at 26 with this, but there is a lot to look forward to. Um, And I definitely have a lot of things coming up so that, you know, I do make a change because to me, it's like to keep these community based places going, you got to you got to find a way to make your investment, too, because it's so expensive to live here. So I feel like right now I'm trying to teach myself how I can make my story be told and the stories of others but still make it to where there's exposure there's you know there's product there's there's you know consumers there's uh there's customers there's people who come to this cafe i feel like for me it'd be a dream to open this cafe still have a career in tech but have this cafe to like kind of start a movement Mm -hmm. you know like people come to my cafe to have a coffee and come and take a look inside and it's super homey because that's the theme that it's going to be it's going to feel like your abuelita's living room Mm. but it's going to be art all over the walls may it be you know may it be bold may it be statements may it be political may it be you know someone's opinion but it's art on the walls to tell a story so that people like when you step in my cafe i want you to feel empowered like as you know what i mean as we've been saying this the whole podcast but that's legitimately what i want people to feel when they come in like women come in here and they're like okay they leave after their coffee they leave and they're like okay i want to open up my own business now and I want to do it and still make a difference, mm-hmm. but still get paid. <laughs> yeah. Because the point is yeah. to get paid because mm-hmm. in the Bay Area, let's be real. You, you yeah. your business you is going to thrive if you get paid. So that's where you got to use your outlets. You got to, you know, merchandise, artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Catchy little drinks. I don't know. And I yeah. want to have murals on my wall so people come to take pictures. And it's all about how you make yourself stand out. So mm-hmm. how you I've, make a statement. That would be my dream. That is my dream. So I hope that one day I'm able to make that happen because I feel like, you know, you can make, I can make my difference in tech and I can make my difference in art. But if I have an actual center where I can, you know what I mean? Like it's like a safe house. Everyone Mm -hmm. can come to it. I can meet different, you know, speakers. I can meet different people who come in, come visiting to the city, tell me their story. You get what I'm saying? I could paint their story. You get what I'm saying? Like it's a place where people can come and people can network 
-hmm. And I feel like network is key. It's also applying yourself. It's being focused. It's being dedicated. But networking and tech and jobs and professional world, in our, it's very important. So mm -hmm. I feel like when you master network, you literally have like this platform and you can do so much when you network the right way. Because when you get this, um, you know, you get this exposure you're able, you have a, like, you have more leverage and you have more of a pedestal. So that's what I'm trying to go with. Like, I'm trying to, I, I obviously want to work in tech because I would love to. And it would help me open up more doors. And that's my whole theme. Like, the door doesn't end with one thing. Like, you can have this career, but it doesn't end there. So once you get there, what other doors are you going to open? And who are you going to open these doors for? So that's my whole thing. Like, I want to start here but I want to end up over there at the cafe where I can have my art. I can have these, the resource I can have events. Cause I would love to throw events in my own gallery in the back, you know, fundraisers, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff, you know? And that's where I feel like I'm going to make my impact as yeah. well in my art, because it's like, I love hearing when people come to my arch. I had um, the art show that I'm doing in January. Actually, the girl came up to me at the art show in October in august that i did on 24th street and she came up to me and she was like i see your art and i love it like it really speaks to me and i would really enjoy it if you came and i would love for you to be a part of my art show oh, wow. and it's specifically for the immigrants right now in the camps so I, that's like kind of like whoa like i've had so many people come up to me like your art you know it, it like i walk away leaving different you know it mm -hmm. makes me feel good it makes me feel like like you bring back old memories for me that I enjoyed as a kid or whatever the case may be. I've had all kinds of crazy, not crazy, but like very heartfelt comments that like play in my mind when I'm like last mm -hmm. night, last night I slept until four in the morning painting. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I came in today. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm tired, you know, but that was my life every day when I was doing this art show. I was up at I was up till three and I would go to work at seven. Wow. Or eight thirty. I'd get yeah. up, you know, so that that's what keeps me going and that's what's going to keep me going because i feel like i just started and i have so much to learn that i will teach myself but i feel like once i once you start i'm a type of person like i want to finish yeah you know what i mean so it's like i've already started like this kind of like look or image i don't know but it's kind of like i love this if this is where i started i'd love to see what the end looks like yeah if this if the beginning looks this sweet and people come up to me already. I can only imagine how it's going to look once I get to where, like, my dreams are at. Like, the cafe, the career, you know what I mean? And then people come up to me from all... I It'd be a dream to have people come from all parts of the country or the world and be like, yo, like, your story... Like, your whole little vibe in your cafe and your whole, like, vision, it's, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to take it with me. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm going to apply it to myself and my life. And I'm going to tell this to other people. And it's kind of like you grow. And I feel like if you can inspire people for themselves to personally grow and in their community, yeah, you won. Well, I definitely believe in you. <laughs> and I can't wait to go to your cafe one yes, day. Manifest it. And yeah, and like my overall goal for this podcast is I just want other Latinas to be able to listen to this, you know, and yeah. especially young Latinas and just be like, hey, you know, these girls are doing it. I can do it. And yeah. It's true. It's it's um 
it's very refreshing. I mean, mm-hmm. I go on podcasts sometimes when I'm feeling down and, I, you know, I have my days where I'm, I'm not like the most productive person. And I, people, I think people can agree, but I listen to podcasts or I read books and it kind of like, OK, let me get back in my mood. Mm-hmm. Like, let me get my momentum back. So if I can start somebody up and give, give them some momentum I'd be happy walking away with this. And yeah. I'm glad. And I feel very honored that you invited me to do this. Oh, well, thank you for coming. Of course. All of right. Course. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed listening to Cassandra's story. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is She Sip Where the Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.